This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 19th, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Services are often overlooked in trade negotiations in favor of higher profile trades in agriculture and manufactured goods. So when we talk about trade and trade restrictions, how often are we talking about services? And can liberalization in the trade of services be expanded? Sally James, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute's Center for Trade Policy Studies, comments. Well, they're, in, they're intangible things. So a, a good is something you can drop on your foot. If I buy a T-shirt, I can, I can see it, I can touch it, I get that. It's got Made in China written on it, I understand that. But services are things that people provide and people are willing to pay for. So in that sense, it's a good, but it's, it's not physical. So if you think about getting a haircut, that's a service. You pay for it and uh, it's something that adds benefit to your life, but it's not something uh, you, could, you could touch. Uh, taxi services is an obvious example. It's, it's usually the one that's used uh, along with haircuts as an example of what we call kind of non-tradables. In other words, things that you could never exchange across borders. Okay, it's impossible to consume a taxi service produced in, say, Bahrain when you're living in London. So I think that's one reason why maybe services trade is a little bit, if you like, um, I guess abstract to people. It's It's not... It's not something they they touch and feel and work with every day. Now, when candidate Obama, now President Obama, talked on the campaign trail about shipping jobs overseas, to what extent was he talking about uh, services? He was talking mainly about services. He he did he used the example of manufacturing, you know, a factory that unscrews the the plant equipment and literally puts it on a boat and moves it to China. Uh, but really, I I think more broadly, when people think about shipping uh, jobs overseas they're thinking about things like data uh, processing call centers that that's the perfect example of 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 service trade in other words we we are using the services of people in india and through the telecommunications advances we've made in recent decades consuming those services in the united states what kind of work uh does the u.s typically import in services just like in manufacturing, they tend to be the lower skilled level jobs. It doesn't take a high level of skill to process data, to enter data into a spreadsheet so that analytical minds can then do something with it. So really, it is this kind of refinement, this division of labour that's getting finer and finer through telecommunications. It makes it easier to be able to consume those services and to outsource sort of chunks of a, of a business, if you like. And the, some of the higher level stuff, the marketing, the analytics is, is done in the United States. Uh, critics of this uh, fail to realise that really in services, if, if you are a mercantilist and you like to look at trade balances, services is an area you're going to be pleased with. The United States has a trade surplus uh, of tens of billions of dollars. It's the largest exporter of services, the largest importer as well, although imports are not growing as quickly as exports. So if you're concerned about uh, trade balances and you want the United States to concentrate on things that it's uh, able to export, then services is, is the sector for you. What are the threats uh, to the United States' ability to continue to trade in services across borders? The liberalization of services is slow going. So, so is trade in goods for that matter, but certainly services is not, it's not 
as easy to negotiate as trade in goods, which is saying a lot because that's, those negotiations are proving tough going as well. But it's really, when you're talking about trade, barriers to trade in services, you're talking about regulatory stuff. You're not talking about a spreadsheet where you can look at the good and what the tariff is and then apply a formula to it and cut that tariff. And it doesn't work like that. It's more regulatory stuff. It's more domestic regulations. The main barriers, therefore, are governments jealously guarding their regulatory power. That goes for the United States as well, uh, in especially uh, things like uh, transport. Maritime shipping is, is, is the best example. The United States is very jealous about guarding its right to divert maritime services procurement to US flagged and built ships. And that's proving the United States intransigence on that issue is proving an obstacle to getting worldwide trade liberalisation and services uh, where the United States has a lot to gain. So while there are definitely, uh, if you like, regulatory hurdles in other countries, the United States still has a lot of work that it could do on its own soil to lower barriers to the ability of United States consumers to get access to better, cheaper and a, and a larger variety of services. Sally James is a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read her recent paper, A Service to the Economy, at freetrade.org.